This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 521. Five easy tips to fight cravings and practice listening to your body by Brittany DaCosta of brittanydacosta.com. And I'm Dr. Neil. Happy Monday. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I act as your narrator of the best health and fitness blogs, all for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more. Kind of like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors. And then on Fridays, I answer your questions right here on the show. And as I always say, Fridays are my favorite day because I love answering your questions. So definitely keep sending those in. And I'm also excited to introduce our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. Over the past two months, Grove has helped me make the transition from toxic to all natural home products. Grove Collaborative curates the best non-toxic products, which makes it really simple to discover amazing natural home and personal care products. And Grove backs all of its customers with a 100% happiness guarantee on top of free shipping. They make it easy to have a happy, healthy home. And we have a unique offer with them, a $30 Mrs. Myers kit plus a bonus gift and a two-month VIP membership. Go to Grove dot co slash optimal to claim your special offer. That's grove.co, not grove.com slash optimal. And now let's get right to today's post and start optimizing your life. Five easy tips to fight cravings and practice listening to your body by Brittany DaCosta of brittanydacosta.com. If you're anything like I was, you always listen to the experts and ignore your body. If they say their diet will help us feel better and lose weight, we believe it must. And when the diet fails, well, we tend to think we did something wrong. In fact, it never occurred to me to actually pay attention to my body's signals. Not that I would have even known what they were for that matter. These days, I do listen to what the authors and doctors have to say, but my first priority is to listen to my body. Because I've learned that while what the experts say may be 100% true, it doesn't mean that my body will respond the same. If you're not sure how to listen to your body, that's okay. I've experimented with a ton of methods and taught myself and my clients successfully what to look for. And I'm sharing several of the exercises with you today so you can try them out for yourself. In order to listen to our body, we have to pay attention to not just what we eat, but also how we eat. The way we eat and the environment we're eating in matters. So let's get started, shall we? One, turn off distractions. Have you ever been at your desk working away while eating your lunch and 30 minutes later you look down and realize you've eaten a whole plate of food and barely remember doing so? Or maybe you've been engrossed in a TV show and later realize you've consumed a whole bag of chips. At times like this, we may still feel hungry because we don't really even realize we had eaten. Seriously, our brains don't think we have eaten anything and it'll keep sending us hunger signals until it does. So, turn off distractions like cell phones and TV, and stay away from the computer or anything work-related. If your focus is on anything but your food, how will you be able to listen to your body's signals? Two, pay attention to each bite. Most people inhale their food so quickly that they really have no idea how it tastes, and they may very well think they like it when in fact they really don't. Notice the aroma and appearance of your food. Feel the taste and the texture of it in your mouth. Savor each bite. Take, for example, McDonald's fast food. Most people shovel Mickey D's food down so quickly on the go, they never really taste it. And when asked to pay attention to it, to eat slowly and chew fully, they realize they're actually grossed out by it. 
So the next time you find yourself going up to a drive-thru, pay attention and savor each bite and see if you even like the taste anymore. Three, chew your food. A huge part of digestion begins in the mouth with the chewing process as enzymes that break down your food are released through your salivary glands. Chewing your food allows your body to absorb and assimilate more nutrients and improves digestion. The next time you eat, give it a try. Do your best to chew each bite at least 30 times and notice how you do and how you feel. When you practice chewing regularly, you'll find you no longer have to count your chews. You'll know by the texture of the food when it's time to swallow. Your stomach doesn't have teeth, so the more you can break down the food in your mouth, the easier it will be for your body to digest it. Because you're taking more time to chew, you'll also be able to notice that you feel full sooner, which means you're much more likely to consume less while still feeling full. And your body will stop sending your brain signals to crave food. Four, let your body's sensations sink in. Sit quietly for a few minutes after your meal. Focus your attention on the sensations in your body and then take a short walk. Walking stimulates your metabolism and speeds up the rate at which the food moves through your system. At the very least, avoid lying down afterward. The horizontal position of your body slows down your metabolism and inhibits digestion. It's likely to cause discomfort that may or may not have anything to do with the food you ate, which could cause the sensations you feel in your body to be inaccurate. Give your brain a chance to register the sensations from your food so you can listen to the cues it's sending you. Five, keep a food journal. What better way to listen to yourself than writing down all of your body sensations? Jot down what you eat for each meal. Record how you feel while you eat, and again, 30 minutes after, and then once again, two hours later. Notice which foods make you feel good and energized, and which ones make you feel sluggish, bloated, gassy, tired, lightheaded, or give you brain fog after a short period of time. Really try to tune into which foods give you energy and which ones cause symptoms of any kind. Many people are sensitive to something, which can cause unnecessary side effects or reactions. So paying close attention to how you feel is key. Foods that don't agree with us can also cause inflammation, which may hinder weight loss. What's more, often people are eating very healthy, but aren't aware that something they're eating may be the cause of their, quote, feeling off. And just because a food is supposed to be healthy doesn't mean it's healthy for you and your unique body. By understanding this and realizing that each of us is one of a kind, it can be a huge eye-opener when you discover the foods that work for you and those that don't. For example, I've discovered many of the women I work with have candida, which is an overgrowth of yeast in the body that causes a multitude of symptoms. Experts often recommend fermented foods as one of the best things you can eat to heal your body. However, that's not always the case. Many of my clients have found that detoxifying symptoms are too intense, so they removed fermented foods from their diet temporarily, and when they reintroduced it to their body, they did so just a little at a time and then slowly increased the amounts. If the sauerkraut and kimchi are causing you unbearable bloating and discomfort, then likely the yeast is dying off so quickly the symptoms are too much. In that case, you may need to heal your body in other ways first before reintroducing it again. I always say that it isn't you that failed the diet. The diet failed you. Because everybody is different. What works for some, including experts, may not work for you. So, listen to what your body is telling you. You just listened to the post titled, Five Easy Tips to Fight Cravings and Practice Listening to Your Body by Brittany DaCosta of BrittanyDaCosta.com. 
And again, I'm excited to introduce our sponsor, Grove Collaborative. Over the past two months, Grove has helped me make the transition from toxic to all-natural home products. They provide eco-friendly and non-toxic home and personal care products that are safe for the family and the household. They have their own flagship products, but also carry brands you're already likely familiar with and use, like Mrs. Myers, Tom's, Method, and more. Everything I got from them feels like it's better quality, and they were kind enough to throw in a personal note. It's like the red carpet treatment, but for better prices. And on top of the great prices, they have free shipping and free returns with no questions asked. Plus, if you're a VIP member, they'll price match. We have a unique offer with them a $30 Mrs. Myers kit, plus a bonus gift, and a two-month VIP membership. So go to grove.co slash optimal to claim your special offer. That's grove.co, not grove.com, slash optimal. So the first thing I'll say is, I just read to you five tips that you can start doing right now to help you be more mindful of what you're eating. But like I always say, you don't need to do all of these five things all at once. Pick the one or two things that sounded really interesting to you. Things that you felt, hey, I could try that, or that sounded interesting. That's where you wanna start. But don't feel overwhelmed that you have to do all of these things. And I often get the question, well, which one do you think is most important? Of course, I would prefer that you come up with the idea on your own and that you start with, again, the one that interests you most. But if I were to rank these, I would say keeping a food journal is probably the most important thing. And to be more specific, I would say that keeping a food journal can really help with weight maintenance and weight loss, as well as monitoring any adverse reactions to foods. So last week I talked about food allergies and intolerances, and so I discussed how if you wanna know if you have a food allergy or food intolerance, of course, talk to an allergist, so a medical doctor who specializes in allergies. You may also wanna consult with a dietitian or nutritionist, but they're gonna basically recommend that you keep a food diary. They're gonna want you to record what you ate and if you experienced any symptoms after eating those particular foods. And they're gonna have you go through, hopefully, a very specific protocol called an elimination diet to help discover which foods you're allergic or intolerant to. Now, I keep using the terms food allergy versus food intolerance. They technically are two different things. A food allergy or a true food allergy means the immune system gets involved. The immune system wakes up So whenever you eat that food, the immune system goes, wow, I don't like this at all. And it has this over-response or this over-reaction to it. And with a food intolerance, the immune system stays asleep. It doesn't really respond. But what instead happens is just discomfort, gas, bloating, maybe diarrhea or constipation. But again, the immune system really doesn't wake up. So because a food allergy wakes up the immune system, what can happen is a more life-threatening situation. Not always, but sometimes the immune system overreacts and that's when a person may go into what's called anaphylaxis or anaphylactic shock where they stop breathing. Again, that's sort of rare. It happens more with certain foods than others. And so if your symptoms are more along the lines of, ooh, this food makes me feel just uncomfortable when I eat it or I feel more bloated, you probably just have a food intolerance and not a true allergy. And again, in order to really discover which food may be causing those symptoms, one of the best ways to discover it is through a food journal. All right, that'll do it from me for today. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday and I'll be back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.